Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. You know the two topics many say one should never discuss in mixed company? Well, we talk about one every podcast. Now, we're going to mention the other one. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And yes, we're going to talk about it. Please hang in there with us and prayerfully evaluate what we share. Be like those noble Bereans. Check it out for yourself. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Send us a shout out from your state. Let us know you're doing okay. We are praying for Shalom for all of our listeners' lives. And lastly, a special welcome to our new listeners in Belgium and Guatemala. So, Mama, it seems that people are finding more and more reasons to be divided these days. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have noticed that. And the list of topics that seem off-limits is growing all the time. People are finding more reasons to be offended about things that were not a big deal years ago. I'm not sure many of them are a big deal even now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the lines of division are very clear. I agree, Mama. I remember many times feeling like people wanted to get a little information about me so that they could put me in a box or a category. Doing that would, I guess, make it easier for them to know where I might stand on an issue. These days, if my opinion agrees with theirs, I guess that means I'm okay. If it doesn't agree with theirs, then I guess that means there's something wrong with me, at least in their opinion. Mm. We throw around labels for each other as if a man-made category defines enough about a person to know their worth as a person. Yes, and I find that there are many reasons to choose sides and too many excuses for us not to be kind to each other. Thanks to you, Daddy, I enjoy and and understand American football games. Mm. Of course, I have my favorite team, and they have rivals in the NFL, and I enjoy those games and even a spirited discussion about the referee and their need for vision care or their need for a pocket guide to the rule of football. How about that? But discussing sports to the point of arguing, it just seems like a waste of energy to me. Yeah, and sports aren't the only thing we choose sides for. In America, we have pride in our hometowns, our professions, our educational attainment, our ethnicity, and many more things. We even choose sides over church membership, denominations, and other things related to the worship of Elohim. I've heard pastors and members of churches comparing the number of people in their churches. I even remember a pastor saying, that the only way to be invited to speak or sing in his church would be if you could bring him more people or more money. Otherwise, he had no need for outsiders. Wow. Who would have thought that competition and peer pressure could actually be an issue between believers? Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder what their beliefs really are. By the way, we did a podcast some weeks ago on peer pressure. And if you haven't already checked it out, Check out episode number 37. I hope it's a blessing to you. So, Tim, we haven't mentioned the hot-button topic that people are choosing choosing sides on these days. 
That topic is politics. <laughs> so many people feel so passionately about politics that some don't bring it up at all because they don't want to argue. Where we live, people don't discuss politics in mixed company. Yep. Now for our discussion, let's define politics as the actions associated with governing people and achieving or maintaining power. Politics involves people, values, resources, trade-offs, and lots of decisions. With that, there can be winners and losers. And unfortunately, we don't usually see win-win outcomes, or at least they're not represented in that way. Um, politics is all about government and power. Uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 13, they talk about politics. It says, everyone is to obey the governing authorities, for there is no authority that is not from Elohim, and the existing authorities have been placed where they are by Elohim. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities is resisting what Elohim has instituted, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. There is more in this scripture about governments and believers' response to them. And when it comes to believers' response to others who may ask or pressure them to choose political sides, the scripture had great guidance on how to navigate that too. Mm -hmm. And we found it in a surprising place. We sure did, Mama. By following the story of Yahashua, who we know as Joshua, in chapters 1 through 5 of that book, we found a framework for navigating political pressure. Mm -hmm. Now, the story starts after Moshe's death. Elohim assured Yahashua that he would be with him. Starting in chapter 1, verse 6, Elohim said, Be strong, be bold, for you will cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers that I would give them. Only be strong and very bold in taking care to follow all the Torah which Moshe, my servant, ordered you to follow. Do not turn from it either to the right or to the left. Then you will succeed wherever you go. Yes, keep this book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. Haven't I ordered you? Be strong, be bold. So don't be afraid or downhearted because Jehovah, your Elohim, is with you wherever you go. Mm. So point one is to remember the presence of Elohim and remember his instructions. Do not be pressured to act in, in a way that is out of line with his instructions. In chapter 2, Yehoshua sent spies to check out the land around Jericho. They went on their mission and were helped by a local woman named Rahab. Because of her, they were able to escape the men of Jericho and report back safely to Yehoshua. Verses 23 and 24 say, Then the two men returned. Descending from the hills, they crossed over and came to Yehoshua the son of Nun and reported everything that had happened to them. Truly, Yehovah has handed over all the land to us, they told Yehoshua. Everyone in the land is terrified that we're coming. Daddy, point two is do your research. Do not rashly support or commit to any position. Instead, be like the Bereans. Search the matter out thoroughly. And don't judge prematurely or with human wisdom. Chapter 3 continues with the people of Israel 
needing to cross the Jordan River. In verse 5, Yehoshua gave the people an interesting instruction. He said, Consecrate yourself, because tomorrow Jehovah is going to work wonders among you. The Hebrew word translated as consecrate is kadash or kadosh, which is often uh, translated as holy. And this is the key to point three. You must decide to act in a holy or set apart manner. Mm-hmm. Because we are part of Israel by faith in the atonement of Yeshua, we are the holy people of Elohim. He has made us holy, so we don't have to work to attain holiness. We do have to live holy or set apart lives, however. That means we, don't, we simply don't just do what we want or do what we know is wrong. That includes things like using profane language, lying, stealing, being envious, among other things. Sure. On our last podcast, I mentioned that I've heard more profanity from professing believers over the past three years than ever before in my life. The profanity is typically related to one of our elected officials and the person speaking's disdain for them or disdain for what the elected officials are doing. This type of language is not holy, set-apart speech. Romans 12, verse 2, tells us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by renewing our minds so that we can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of Elohim. No topic, including politics, should be enough to make a believer behave in an unholy manner. Yahashua, chapter 4, talks about the landmarks that Jehovah told Israel to set up. These landmarks were set up in Gilgal to commemorate the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant approached the waters first. When their feet touched the water, chapter 3, verse 16 says that the waters from the upper part of the Jordan River stood in a heap and the lower parts of the Jordan River stopped flowing. Now, this sounds a lot like the crossing of the Red Sea to me. Me too. (laughs) And let me continue. Chapter 4, verses 2 through 7 says, Take for yourself from the people twelve men, a man from every tribe, and give them this order. Take twelve stones from the middle of Jordan, from the middle of the Jordan River bank, where the Kohanim are standing. Carry them over with you and set them down in the place where you will camp tonight. Verse 6 continues, This will be a sign for you. In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? What do you mean by these stones? You will answer them, It's because the water of Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah. That brings us to point four. If Jehovah has already covered an issue in his word, consider that precedence as you analyze a political issue. In short, don't reinvent the wheel. Amen. Those landmarks are really good to remind us of what Jehovah has done. Amen. Amen. Our last point comes from chapter 5. Jehovah instructed Yahashua to circumcise the sons of Israel. The generation that died in the wilderness did not circumcise their sons, so it had to be done as a matter of covenant. Yahushua obeyed the command, then they celebrated the Passover and unleavened bread on the 14th and 15th of the month, 
just as Elohim commanded. In verse 13, Yahushua saw a man holding a sword, standing in front of him. Yahushua asked him, Are you on our side, or are you with our enemies? The man's answer was really striking. He said, No, meaning that he was not on either side, but he was on the side of Yehovah. Mm-hmm. The fact that Yahushua worshipped him tells us that this was no ordinary man or angel. Anyway, our last point is, you should be prepared to shift your perspective to get in line with Elohim's perspective. His point of view may not match any of the points of view that you're considering. We need to be on his side and not expect him to shift to our side. Good point, Daddy. We have sometimes been guilty of saying God is on our side, but it's more important that we are on his side, doing things his way. Amen? Amen. That being said, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and have your politics be based on things like gender, race, or the latest social issue? Or take the red pill? Pray for all elected leaders. Live peaceably with your brother and base your politics on Jehovah's stated interests. Only you can answer that question. Wow, miss. Those red pills were really hot today. (laughs) So how do we navigate pressure to adopt a political point of view? One, remember that Elohim is with us and follow his instructions. Two, do your research. Don't be quick to judge. Three, choose to behave in a holy manner. Four, don't reinvent the wheel. Consider Elohim's precedence. And five, be prepared to shift to Elohim's perspective. Don't expect him to shift to yours. Listeners, please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.